How you doing, everyone? Welcome back to yet another episode of In Defense of Liberation, the show that is working towards and educating about a true people's liberation movement, uh, and hopefully one day a true proletarian revolution. Um, but until we get there, <clears throat> I am your host, Josh, and uh, this is In Defense of Liberation. Um, If it's your first time tuning in, thanks. I really do appreciate that. Um, If it's you coming back to check out another episode, holy shit, I can't believe it. Um, (laughs) Thanks so much. I really do appreciate everybody who listens. (coughs) Um, Excuse my cough. I have a nasty cough. Um, But yeah, today I wanted to do an episode talking about the misinformation about socialism. Uh, I put a little blog up this morning. You can check that out at for (coughs) for liberation, no caps, no spaces, dot Wix site, W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com forward slash website. (coughs) And yeah, uh, it's titled, I think the the misinformation of, of socialism or miseducation of socialism, I don't know, something like that. But I wanted to take that to a podcast to kind of expand on that because I feel like ultimately whenever I write a blog, I can't, you know, fill as much information as I want because I end up going off on a million different tangents and then it's a completely different blog uh, about a completely different subject by the time I get finished. But Socialism is a completely misunderstood uh, concept, theory, political, economic, uh, you know, foundation that, especially here in the United States, where I unfortunately live, there is a continued and militant effort by every media source um, under the influence of not only our State Department, but also just the general hegemony of the world. Um, Hegemony is a nice little word that means basically like ideological control. Like we all go to work nine to five uh, on a day-to-day basis or whatever hours, you know, but we go to work every day because we have to And we have to because in order to afford our bills, we have to make money. And in order to make money, we have to work. But how many of us question that? How many of us go, well, wait a minute. I got, I got about 15 square feet in my backyard. I could, I could have a garden. Why do I need to work to have money to like have food? Like what, what? Or, you know wait a minute, I have to get a full-time job so that I can have health care benefits unless I want to pay out of pocket? Huh, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Stuff like that, you know. Not many of us do that. And it's because capitalism and our day-to-day, which exists under capitalism, has hegemonic control or ideological control um, over the world that we live in today. It's the same way, you know, you go to school, you get your high school diploma, then you go to college or you go to work. 
and that nobody questions that nobody's like well hey what if what if I want to like breathe for a year or you know go travel or exist or whatever you know nope you got to get a job join the military or uh, go to college because you got to make money you got to make money so capitalism isn't even really quite understood because in the same way that a lot of religious groups do um it's a dogmatic view but it's even it's more complicated than being dogmatic and just not questioning like the reality but it's more like people are given a false reality and then never question that so whatever that's called that's what it is um but we're given from the day we start going to school i feel like um probably before then by our parents we're kind of given this like understanding of like what our lives is gonna are gonna be like how we're going to live you know the fact that we're gonna get a job we're gonna go to school yada 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 um it's kind of implemented into us at a very young age that like here's the rose colored you know picture of what your life is going to look like you're going to work really hard you're going to get your buck and you're going to be able to support yourself well how many of us has that been true for um i think a lot of us kind of believe in that we all believe that we're like temporarily um displaced millionaires right we're just that close well if i just you know i put money on this stock or if i just hit this you know lotto or if i like you know just save up every five dollar bill i get one day i'm gonna be able to keep saving money because as soon as i spend money i need to save money again um it doesn't exactly like cross through people's minds very often that you're not going to get there um i hate to break it to anyone who thinks that working a job is someday going to give them enough of an income to support themselves that might be true but where i come from where i grew up down the street there was like mansions right with brand new cars in the driveway a big pool a boat an rv right none of that's theirs that's all the banks the bank owns that stuff and not for nothing most people don't own i don't own the car i'm driving i'm i'm buying it from the bank who gave me a nice little loan for it but it's not mine and as soon as i pay it off it won't be worth shit and i'll have to get a new one so Even if you make what we would consider, you know, a middle-class wage, or even, you know, a little more than that, A, you're never going to make enough, because as soon as you make enough, there's something you got to spend it on. You know, I get an extra $1,000, oh, I finally get to fix my car. Or for a lot of people right now, getting the stimulus check means, oh, cool, I can give my landlord rent, I guess, and then just not have money anymore, again, um, 
there's never a time where that money is truly yours because that money is ultimately a placeholder. That money exists as a medium for you to procure goods or services, you know? That money is the physical embodiment of your labor. That is, according to your boss or your employer, after you have worked a certain amount of hours, after what it has cost for overhead fees and things of that nature have been taken out, after fees for the materials and for the equipment and for, um, you know, maybe lunch breaks or whatever is taken out, and then after the taxes are deducted, this is the amount of money that someone else believes you deserve. And then you take that money and you try to support yourself with it. Um, you know, you have $5, but $5 is ultimately an abstract thing because, okay, what, what we're looking at is a piece of paper that has purchasing power. It can be used to purchase things. But five years ago, or say 50 years ago, that $5 had an incredibly different purchasing power. This ultimately shows the kind of lack of logic, the anarchy, and I don't mean that to mean like anarchist, I mean anarchy as in chaotic, um, the chaos of what a capitalist system does is it's such variable and constantly in flux to the point that it almost seems made up. It almost seems like this shit is being controlled by somebody, right? Well, it is. And I think, you know, a lot of us kind of have a very bare minimum knowledge of that, you know. We all know that it's all the politicians who pass the laws, who make the big paychecks, who, you know, get to sit in the the White House for four years, and none of that shit, like, is affected by us. We're well aware of that. We're also really well aware, as workers, that the boss is always right, and, you know, we have funny little jokes about it, little anecdotes, um... But it's a reality that we don't really kind of see the whole picture of. We have, you know, people who for eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, for most of us, get to control us. And I'm not trying to be like, you know, any kind of like uh, hyperbole. I'm not trying to, like, over-exaggerate. But it's, tr- I mean, go to work. Go to work and try to do whatever you want. Whatever you want or need to do, try to do it at work. And tell me how your manager or your boss responds. Um, I think that we all know that the state controls our money also. Because... They take out taxes, right? But what taxes are supposed to be used for is social programs, um, infrastructure, sometimes scholarships. I mean, these are all different things that money could be used for. 
um, affordable housing, um, some kind of community programs, maybe like paying workers to do farmers markets and stuff like that. There's, there's all kinds of things that taxes could be used for. But ultimately, there's a few places we see taxes go time and time again. Politicians, city hall, as in the building itself, and anywhere else that doesn't actually need money. I don't care where you live, that's true. Um, so we have this whole system that we all live in. We all kind of make quips and, and, and maybe in passing make some comments about what a shit situation it is. You know, every time somebody comes into work, oh, har- working harder, hardly working. Uh, you know, uh, the boss letting you out of here anytime soon, da 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 da. Like, retired people talking about, like, oh, thank God I'm finally retired. It's like, you motherfuckers, you ruined <laughs> our chances at any kind of workers' unity. You let those motherfuckers, you all became conservatives. <laughs> like, capitalism has such hegemonic control over our minds that it leads us to believe in things that are antithetical to our own interests. Oh, union union job, union workers are just a bunch of lazy assholes. The fuck are you talking about? Union workers are some of the most harding, hardest workers on top of also working hard within a union. You know, that's difficult work. Um, trying to organize people, trying to get wages up, trying to get benefits, trying to get contracts, trying to get more people to join the union, people to create a union, right? That's hard work. But how many, you know, contractors, plumbers, electricians, do you ever hear in passing shit-talking union workers? Like, And then you have people who, you know, get so confounded in politics you know, fall into the Republican or the Democrat side without recognizing right in front of their face that they're both doing the same thing and who the fuck told them they get to be in charge anyways. Um, But we have a very minuscule knowledge of that, right, in the three years in between each election, election season. We're all well aware of the corruption of the politicians until it's time to vote new ones in. And we think, oh, this will be the year that we somehow do it. No, it's been going on for 250 years in this country, at least. If it were going to uh, get better, if things were to have changed, one might imagine that they would have, because we certainly are not the first oppressed people to have to live under this oppressive system. So ultimately, there has been many trials at changing this, and we ought ultimately ought to look at those trials and try not to repeat them, because obviously they failed. <clears throat> so <clears throat> I say all of this to say we have a genuine misconception about capitalism even. The system that we are living in, we have a misunderstanding about. So imagine, imagine trying to imagine socialism. It's very difficult to think about a reality which you don't live in. Um, Just ask any white person who denies the fact that there's white privilege, you know, or that black people, brown people, and indigenous people, you know, have to suffer different lives because of their non-white skin. Um, 
A lot of white people, they don't have a reality for that because they don't live that, so they deny it's a reality outright. They can't imagine ever that a police officer <clears throat> would kill someone for no reason because, well, I always listen to the police officer when he talks to me. So, obviously, police officers aren't bad because they've never been bad to me. Um, I think we even do this in our friendships. We don't trust one another. Oh, well, so-and-so has never, you know, been rude or anything to me. They've never done anything to make me feel like they might be rude or indecent to another person. So when someone comes up to me and, you know, wants to confine in me, like, a situation that happened, I'm just going to tell them, oh, get over it. You know, completely ignore their feelings. Or worse... How many motherfuckers get told that their friends are rapists and then they completely ignore the person who told them? That's a real situation that I know people who do that, who have done that, who will do that because that's the culture. That's the culture. It's all about me. It's all about me. Well, I didn't have this experience, so I'm not going to accept it. There's so much misinformation about the world that we live in today because if any of us saw it with a true lens and really understood where the origins of these problems are coming from we would have reason to do something about it and we might also figure out what to do about it rather than being so confused that we are not doing a damn thing We are misled by the media um, about the niceness. Oh, the Bill Gates documentary. Oh, look at this kind billionaire. You know, Jeff Bezos and donates money and Elon Musk has... uh, Oh, shit. Fuck. (laughs) Not autism, I can't think. Oh, jeez. I'm not trying to be offensive here. I genuinely forgot the word. Asperger's, there we are. Um, and, oh, woe is him, you know, we should connect with him, we should really feel something for these billionaires who are just, they're just good people, you know, who just have a lot of money for some reason. Um, we're ultimately taught about the luxury that capitalism gives us. Look at all the consumerism that we have. Look at everything we can buy. We are completely misled, completely misunderstood about the very system that we live in. Now that makes it really easy when you have a genuine, ignorant population, an uneducated population when it comes to politics, economics, and history. We completely misinform and miseducate people so that then they are manipulable. Wow, that's not a word. Word, moldable, uh, able to be manipulated. <laughs> they will find themselves <clears throat> able to be consumed in individual popularity of politicians, of certain ideas. Um, without ever really forming their own opinions 
of those people or ideas. Well, my dad always said that, you know, black people are criminals and animals and rapists. So, yeah, word. Or, you know, my dad always said that the Republican Party is the best because, you know, they're trying to make things good for America again like they used to be. So I'm a Republican. It's like zero thought goes into a majority of, you know, people's opinions and ideas. We don't know how to have conscious um, kind of deep thought. We know how to accept things. We know how to real quick decide if this is a popular opinion or not and go from there. But we're not too, too good at forming our own opinions based off of empirical facts. We can do a good job of forming our own opinions off of bullshit, (coughs) like a Facebook article that we read, Um, but we can't, you know, take that article, investigate, okay, where did they get their information from, you know, does this seem logical, does this have conclusions that truly conclude, or are they just abstract, you know, this is what is true because I said so. We don't read. We don't educate ourselves. We don't fight our ignorance. And we just accept things. We accept things for the way they are. We accept ideas. We accept people. Because, well, so-and-so told me to. Or that's what I've always been told. This makes it so incredibly easy for them to tell you that socialism always fails. It makes it incredibly easy for you to be told that socialism or communism has killed X bajillion amount of people, right? Read the Black Book of Communism. Um, It's very easy for them to tell you, well, look at Venezuela, look at Cuba, look at China, look at you know, Russia, the Soviet Union, when it was the Soviet Union, look at how poor and destitute the people are. Look at how poor and destitute the people are here in the United States. And this is supposedly one of the richest countries in the world. But it's where the money is that ultimately decides, uh, you know, the wellness of the people. A few things go truly wrong when you hear people talk about poverty. First and foremost, they don't understand what poverty actually is. There are plenty of people in the United States who live in poverty, who do not know where their next meal is going to come from, who do not have health care, who do not have houses, who do not have jobs, who do not have transportation or clothes. This is all a reality that exists Not just in the quote-unquote third world, but also here in the United States. The second thing is we don't understand how poverty is created or understand that poverty only exists because ultra-wealth exists. If the amount of money that existed in the world, if the amount of food and houses and, and medical equipment and medical professionals and medical facilities all existed in a way that were sh- they were shared across the board for everyone to have what they need, there would be no problem in getting anyone what they need, right? I mean, look at all the food that's in all these grocery stores. 
that probably gets thrown out at the end of the week, not donated. And even if it's donated, I mean, some of these donation centers are run by churches, run by the state. Say, if you're an addict, they won't let you in. Say, if you're drunk, they won't let you in. If you're dirty, they won't let you in. Completely ignoring what it is to be houseless in, in, you know, a capitalist society. The third thing that goes wrong is we don't understand that it is capitalism that's created that poverty. Because there was a time far before feudalism, far before early slave societies like Greece and Rome, you had what were called primitive communalist societies, where the very survival of a clan or a tribe or just a group of people was wholeheartedly dependent on one another. Because if you didn't have a group of people who knew what berries you could eat, if you didn't have a group of people who could, you know, properly hunt and get enough for, or fish or, you know, forage to get enough for everyone, if you didn't have people who knew how to take care of children, if you didn't have people who knew how to teach everybody else, the upcoming generation, how to do these things, if you didn't have somebody who knew how to build shelter, knew how to make a fire, knew how to cook food, the entire mass of people would have died. Because ultimately, at a point in time when they were, you know, human beings were as a part of nature as we ever have been, we were quote unquote in the wild, right? We needed each other, so we depended on one another. But now, today, we think because of, you know, the amount of wealth and and consumer goods that capitalism has created, for some reason, we don't need each other. Completely disregarding where all of these consumer goods come from. I mean, how do you have any of the things that we need, food, clothes, housing, you know, anything like that, without other people to make it for us, without other people to deliver it to us, without other people to assemble it for us? Uh, you cannot escape human human beings. You cannot escape the connection, the interwovenness that we have with one another. You cannot escape it no matter how much we try. We try to build suburbs. We try to live, you know, we try to go to fucking space to figure out if we can finally get away from each other. No, you can't. Somebody's got to build your spaceship. Um... Somebody's got to build the, if you're saying, well, a machine, somebody's got to build that machine to build that rocket ship. Come on now, folks. Let's keep it. Let's keep it going here. (laughs) Poverty is created by capitalism because capitalism is a system. The definition of capitalism is a system, a political and economic system, wherein the means of production are owned by private persons or companies. Um, It's private property. Meaning one person or one group of people owns all of the water supply in a county and you get to pay them in order to have water if you're so lucky. Shout out Navajo region. Um, They don't have running water. They don't have electricity in a lot of cases. It's disgusting. It's disgusting what this state will do and how it will oppress people. How it will oppress people. Um... Capitalism is a system that buys land and owns land. 
What the fuck is ownership of land? I, from here to here, that's mine. Says who? Says this piece of paper. Fuck your piece of paper. How about that? There's no ownership of the land. You can't own land. You, you can, in a legal structure, own land. But you can't pick it up and put it anywhere. You can't take it away from people unless you build something on it and then tell them they can't trespass on it. Woo! There's there's a little there's a little thing for you. Trespassing is just a made up fucking law. Same with loitering. Um, to say, well, this little plot of land is mine, and you better fuck off and get off it. And if you also look deeper into those laws, you realize that they actually actually originate during Jim Crow era, where certain groups of people, i.e., black and brown folks, were not allowed in certain places and could ultimately get thrown back into you know, mass prisons or slave-like situations simply for being in an area, being in a place that somebody didn't want them to be in. Um, and that's the, that's kind of like the, the whole in short of how capitalism has created the poverty is there's only, there's only so many people that have the wealth and power, right? You have the politicians, you have the wealthy business owners, you have the lobbyists, you have the groups of people who hold the power and hold the money themselves. And then you have the general group of people who have to work or labor in some way in order to get some money to then be able to buy some things. But that money is coming from one group of people and those things that we are buying are coming from the same group of people. So the money just goes right back to the same people who have it already. What I'm saying is simple. There is no such thing as poverty. There is created impoverishment. There is no such thing as the third world. There is intentionally underdeveloped nations, colonized nations. There is no such thing as race outside of a system that is racist. There would be no reason to be so segregated and separated in the sense of black, brown, indigenous, uh, uh, men, women, trans folks. You know, we would not need a society wherein these groups of people feel they need to be separated and in, in fact are separated by the system itself unless that system was racist, sexist, and transphobic. Because ultimately, there would be no point in going, that person's black, I'm going to go over here, if you didn't live in a racist system that told you black people are dangerous. If you didn't live in a world that told you women were, you know, frail, weak, incapable of doing things for themselves, you wouldn't have a bunch of people who think, That women are frail, weak, and can't do things for themselves. Somebody had to tell them that. They didn't just make that up in their head. People have to be convinced that capitalism is good when all of their money is being taken from them, their ability to support themselves is being taken from them, their mass amount of you know, resources that they could have is being taken from them. It's very difficult for then, you know, that group of people to randomly think, oh yeah, this seems like a good thing. Somebody has to convince them that it is. 
And that's been going on for 500 years plus. Since colonialism has begun, capitalism has also. Because capitalism's seed comes from colonialism, the system that started building uh, uh, an actual mass of wealth by stealing the resources directly from other groups of people. Socialism ultimately becomes an easier system to condemn when nobody has any fucking idea about what socialism is because they don't even know what capitalism is. They don't even know what colonialism is or imperialism. They don't understand these things. They don't understand the history of these things. They don't understand the control of these things and how these things operate in our society and how they dominate over each of us. We do not have an understanding of that for a very, very, very specific reason. And that's because someone has miseducated us. The overall point I am trying to make is this. We need to do a little bit more investigation individually to come to a more clear understanding of not only capitalism, right? Because I think a lot of us right now get very caught up in pointing out the inconsistencies, the inequalities, and the problems that capitalism creates. And that's incredibly, incredibly important to do. We have to continuously be the most critical of the system we live in today in order to make it to the system that we're going to go to. But... If we do not spend time expanding our minds on another system that could be real, if we don't spend time trying to educate one another on a system that needs to exist, because that's the thing. If you're not seeing what's happening in the world with the environment, if you're not seeing what's happening in the world with true starvation, um, police brutality, mass militarization, If you're not seeing all these things happening and understanding that they are all coming from the same place, um, we definitely need to talk. And I'd, I'd love to talk with you. But what I'm trying to say is, if you don't see all that and go, fuck, something needs to change, then you're not really paying attention. Or you don't need to care. And that's another thing we need to question within ourselves. Why are we so completely opposed to socialism as individuals when most of us would actually directly benefit from socialism? Why do so many of us defend America, the United States, the country who has created the most oppression for us as it is the only country most of us who are living in it right now have ever lived in? How do we defend something that has been so abusive, not only to us, but surely to other people that we know? Um, How do we defend such a system? How do we support such a system? Um, I mean, do you folks hop to defend your boss when somebody is shit-talking your boss? Um, Do you folks hop in to defend... Uh, you know, rapists and things like that? Does that seem like a good idea to you? No? Then why do you defend capitalists? Why do you defend politicians? Why do you defend any of these people who have completely destroyed the system that you and I live in? Um, And and the, the earth that we live on, 
I mean, that's another reality, too, is the Earth is being killed. It's being killed right in front of our eyes, and it has been for generations. But there's no denying anymore. There, there hasn't been any real way to deny it for years. But there's no way to deny now that climate crisis is upon us, and we need to do something about it. There's no denying that. If you're denying that, you don't care about other people. Because surely, maybe in your situation, you're not suffering or seeing any, you know, uh, true crises. You're not seeing any proof of, of climate collapse. I don't fucking care. Turn on the news. Use Google. Care about another person other than yourself for once. Um, I don't think that many people realize that, like, the world exists outside of them. The world exists beyond just your personal experiences, um, as we were talking about earlier in the show. So my final point is this, you know, I'm kind of rambling here, but socialism is a system that we need to learn about, we need to question, we need to investigate. But we need to ultimately really dedicate time and energy to understanding. Because if we want to sit here and say, no, socialism has always failed. Really? How? How has it failed? Well, because they're so poor. Okay. How are they so poor? Oh, well, what do you mean? How did they become so poor? Well, because socialism. How? Well, socialism made them poor. How? Because the reason why socialism made people across the world poor is because we live in a capitalist global economy, which then told them, we're not going to trade with you. We're not going to let other countries trade with you. We're going to invade your country. We're going to try to cause coups. We're going to try to take it over. We're going to try to, um, you know, demonize you. We're going to try to convince the world that you are evil. You are committing human rights abuses. That's that's what happens. And then ultimately, these countries who are usually already so poor, because as Lenin points out, and as we see in the real world, these revolutions, these changes take place at what he called the weakest links, the most poor, the most oppressed, the most exploited people are the most aware of their exploitation. That just makes sense. And therefore, they're also going to be most aware that their exploitation needs to end. And therefore, they are going to take more time, more seriousness in trying to come up with true, logical ways to A, overthrow or end the current system that is in existence at the point of their oppression. They are also going to need to take time to figure out how to do that. And then they are also going to need to take time to train for that, to train others for that, to organize for that. They're also going to need to take time to try to figure out how to build an alternative system. And all of that is coming from a place where they are all still oppressed. They're usually doing this while being, you know, here in the United States. You have people who were killed by the CIA. You have people who were exiled. You have people who you know, have seen their lives absolutely destroyed, forever demanding that this system needs to end. Um, so you have also the need to do all of this while not being murdered. 
Um, and, you know, going against a system like capitalism that has created so much wealth and so much power for itself makes it that much more difficult to overthrow, to change. Not just simply because of military power, which, I mean, we cannot deny that since 1942, I want to say, the United States military budget has exceeded something like 30 to 40 percent of its annual budget. Um, someone can check those numbers on me, but I'm quite aware that, you know, right now, um, the military budget, I think, is something like $790 billion. Um, seems unnecessary when we already have the world's largest military um, by a long shot. But capitalism is not only powerful because of its actual physical force that it holds, but because of, like we were talking about before, its hegemonic control. Um, even after the revolution in October in the Soviet Union, they had seven years of a civil war. And some might even say that that civil war was going on before the October revolution and far more than seven years after. Because still, while Stalin is writing, they are battling, you know, pro-capitalists. They are battling... um pro-imperialists. They are battling people who are turning and, and giving information to the United States, giving information to Britain and France and trying to, you know, destroy the Soviet Union. You also have, like we were talking before, like the incredible sanctions, embargoes, um, and consistent uh, military offensives against the Soviet Union. Capitalism is a system that is not going to die easily. It will not go away easily. And it will not simply fade away. I can guarantee you that. It needs to be killed. It needs to be crushed. It needs to be destroyed. It cannot just fade away. It will not just fade away. So when we understand that, we understand that when we are trying to build socialism. When we are trying to learn about socialism, we need to be dedicated. We need to be disciplined. We need to be understanding the reality of what we are doing. We are learning about socialism for the sake of changing the world, changing the system that we live in, ending oppression, fighting for freedom, for true liberation, for true emancipation, for true freedom. That's a hard task. And it's one that's been tried time and time again. There's a history there to learn. But especially, there's the recognition that we cannot fail. There's been too many failures before, and the earth has so little time left. People on the earth have so little time left. We have to be militant. We cannot fail. This is the first episode in what I'm hoping to make a series of Socialism 101, which will bre breach into kind of Marxism 101 and uh, really working towards building 
an educational platform. I want to get better at that. Um, but I hope any of this was worthwhile. You know, I know I didn't have much um, historical, you know, events. I didn't have many in-depth definitions. I didn't really go into any technical discussions. But like I said, that's just because I wanted to, you know, kind of wet your whistle here. <laughs> and you, uh, whoa, I ah, never thought about it that way. That's gross. Um, Take that back. Not gonna, We're going to all pretend I didn't say that. I'm trying to pique your interest, (laughs) trying to pique your interest because, you know, the first thing that we have to recognize is that we live in a system that has fooled us. It's made us chumps, as Malcolm X would have said. Um, It's turned us into fools. It's turned us into ignorant, arrogant people who defend our slave masters, who defend our bosses, who defend our capitalists, and our oppressors. We allow our black, brown, and indigenous, uh, uh, you know, friends uh, to be beaten, to be murdered, to be raped, to be stolen, to be oppressed, to be made dehumanized. We allow femme folks, women, non-binaries, non-conforming folks, transgender folks, all to live in a world where they are told they are weak, they are stupid, they need someone to tell them how to take care of their body, what to do with their body. We live in a system that tells, you know, immigrants, tells rural workers, tells folks who did not get a formal education to fall in line, to let the intelligentsia, to let the academics tell you what socialism is. Go listen to Richard Wolff's lectures on socialism. But then they don't tell you that these same intelligentsia are working for a completely different motive. Now, this is not to say don't trust the academics, But it is to say that do not think for any reason because you do not have a diploma that you are lesser, that you are somehow more stupid, that you need to be guided like a dog somewhere. You can guide yourself. And that is ultimately what socialism is about, is building a community of self-determining, self-sustaining communities and individuals who recognize that ultimately our survival is with one another, is dependent on each other, and will not succeed, will not continue unless we work together. That is ultimately at the core of what socialism is. That is the foundation of what socialism should look like, is a system of interconnected, um, you know, communalistic, sharing, Um, people who live in solidarity, who act for one another, who help each other, and who build a society that can support all of them together. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to learn more about that, we are going to continue talking about that in upcoming episodes. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please go ahead and give me a five-star rating on 
Apple Podcasts because it really helps boost me in the algorithm and gets others to be able to see my show and they're suggested. Um, it's it only works if you do five stars. I'm not trying to be a dick. Um, it, it that's just how the algorithm works. And if you leave a comment, I don't care what it is. If you leave a comment, it it helps too. Um, I think a lot of us are starting to know about kind of how algorithms work with like TikTok and shit. Um, speaking of which, you can follow me on there as well as on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if you liked my content and want to see more. Um, I usually just post, you know, post updates and things like that. Um, if you want to go on my blog, I mentioned it earlier, you can find that at For Liberation, no caps, no spaces, Wix site. That's W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com forward slash website. And if you want to reach out to me for any reason, you can either DM me on my social medias or you can reach out to me at In Defense of Liberation, spelt just like that, no caps, no spaces, at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, folks. I hope you have a wonderful day or evening, whatever time it is where you are. Uh, start getting out and talking to people, start seeing what's going wrong in your communities, start seeing what kind of events and organizations already exist, look at what problems need to be changed and who needs them to be changed, um, and, you know, start start getting involved, start helping one another, because we got to start building that world today in order to be ready to use it tomorrow. So if we are not envisioning the future in the present, it will only be a future. It will never be a here and now. It will always be on the horizon. The Trotskyists, the other groups similar to them, want to put communism on the horizon when communism is right next door and it's coming and it needs to come and we need to make it happen. We need to create socialism in the here and now in order to lead us towards a true socialist revolution. Um, Again, thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay revolutionary, and stay awesome. We'll see you next time.